This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to a transfer special here on the Blood Red channel with myself, Matt Addison, alongside our Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorst. We'll be having a big chat about transfers very shortly, Ibrahima Kanate in particular. But first and foremost, Gorsty, the season is over. Liverpool are in the top four, in the top three, in fact, in the Premier League. How much easier do you think that makes things for them this summer? Not just financially, but in terms of thinking about squad sizes and, and things like mm. that. I would, it's massive, uh, no doubt about it. I've, I've said a few times, if Liverpool didn't finish inside the top four this season, it could be a, a campaign that sets them back years. And in terms of their efforts of, of matching Manchester City again next season and becoming Premier League champions, because if you think uh, at the time of the pandemic and Liverpool's ownership model, it's not one that's going to be spending 200, 300 million every single summer, every single year to try and get them you know, back to the, to the top of the charts. So... Uh, the Champions League income is vital for Liverpool's kind of way of operating and have had they not had that kind of um, all the riches that come with being in the Champions League then could have seriously have impacted um, you know the, the, the calibre of player that they were able to bring in you know particularly I think Liverpool as a, as a club as a team as a name are always going to cold weight and they're always going to attract players but Players know that it's a short career and, and a season out of the Champions League is not um, not conducive to attracting the best calibre of, of players to the club. So, um, huge for, from a sporting perspective, but also a financial one as well. It will enable them to to compete a little bit better. Because um, as I say, they're not a, a club who, who you know go toe to toe with the likes of Man City and, and Chelsea and Paris Saint Germain in terms of money spent. So. Uh, no doubt about it. It was absolutely huge. And, and Jürgen Klopp himself admitted that a few times. He said it's always easier to know when you're in the Champions League because you know what kind of budget you've got to, to play with and then you can you can kind of make decisions earlier on. So wouldn't have been ideal that they've, um, they've had to leave it to the last few minutes to secure that qualification, but um, they are at least in there and, and they can plan for um, for whatever's next. Yeah, and we will get on to, to whatever is next very shortly. I mean, let's sort of go through the, the big name at the moment. RB Leipzig's Ibrahima Kanate. The latest that you've reported is that it seems like he is the front runner. It seems like Liverpool have started to, to make their move as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was told possibly six weeks or so ago now that um, Liverpool have drawn up a, a four or five man shortlist for centre back options this summer. and. And that kind of tallies up with with the way Liverpool work at the moment. If you think of when they signed Diogo Jota, they had a, a three man shortlist with um, uh, Ibrahim Saar from um, from Watford and uh, Jonathan Jonathan David was it from from Ghent? Um, and I think he went to Lille last summer. Uh, so Liverpool had a three man shortlist for, for that position. They also had a, a four man shortlist for the left back position. <clears throat> they obviously signed Costas Simakas in the summer, but they were looking at uh, Reguilon and, and Jamal Lewis and and. To a lesser extent, Lloyd Kelly. So this is kind of the way Liverpool operate now. They draw up a, a very short list and, and they almost kind of go after them all at once. But um, Canate was, was top of that defensive short list and they are now actively pursuing a move and looking to try and trigger that uh, release clause, believed to be uh, around €40 million, Euros, uh, 40 million pounds, sorry, from, um, from RB Leipzig. So um, no doubt that Liverpool need another centre-back, you know, to... to the whole season was undermined by injuries to centre-backs, wasn't it? So you definitely need someone in that area and, and it's, it looks like they're targeting someone early and, and looking to make a move and, and kind of get it done sooner rather than later. 
And I suppose that the release clause makes that a lot easier, doesn't it? They know exactly what they have to pay. It's not a case of a negotiation. It's just that RB Leipzig were going to to ask for that fee. It's a decision, really. Do you want to pay it? Do you not want to pay it? It kind of seems like Liverpool have, have made that choice. Yeah, definitely. I think Liverpool have got a good relationship with Leipzig anyway, dating back to the negotiations for Naby Keita, if you think that that was way back in 2017 when Liverpool struck the deal to, to sign him, you know, what was it, pretty much nearly a year later, wasn't it, given that final season in the Bundesliga. So uh, they've got a good relationship. And, and th- th- this is, is um, kind of an underrated aspect of transfers, you know, establishing good relationships with clubs and agents. And it's something that Michael Edwards works tirelessly to do. Um, from, from, what, from what I'm told on certain deals, it, it's something that it's almost, he almost never stops looking to try and, carve out good relationships with clubs and agents and, and hopefully somewhere down the line that will benefit Liverpool. So um, a good relationship with Leipzig is, is certainly um, come into play here. And um, yeah, as you say, Matt, if Liverpool feel that this is a release clause that they can pay and they want to pay, then there shouldn't be too much opposition in the way other than obviously interest from other clubs. Uh, we don't know if that is the case at this point, but certainly Ibrahim Akanate now is someone who Liverpool are um, making uh, a big play for this summer and um, they, they seem to be confident that they can get their man. £40 million then, that clause. There has been some sort of speculation over the last couple of days that maybe Liverpool could pay more than that and spread the sort of payments out. Do you think there's anything in that at all? Is that a possibility or, or something you think Liverpool could try and do or is that maybe not the case? Possibly, yeah. I mean, I think if, if you look at the, the fee that they paid for Diogo Jota in, in the in the summer, I think maybe uh, Liverpool have kind of overpaid on that one, so they were able to to spread that out across, you know, more, you know, a, a bit of a payment plan, if you like. Um, I don't think Liverpool were too too flush with cash last summer, and, and we know that they've lost around about 120 million as a result of the pandemic. Uh, the Redbird capital investments of 10% of FSG's portfolio that. Uh, could be crucial this summer. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I mean, we're not entirely sure how Liverpool are going to structure payments or anything like that. It's, it's not, I was told uh, today that talks aren't particularly at an, at an advanced stage yet, but they are, you know, making uh, making their play for Canate. So it remains to be seen how and, and where that kind of manifests itself in terms of a, of a fee, a bottom line fee. But uh, I think it's something that Liverpool might explore if they, if they do feel that, um, you know, the they don't necessarily have the clout to go and pay the, the forty million up front this summer. Canate is away at the moment with France for the the under twenty one Euros. The knockout stages begin, I think, on Monday. I think the final is the following Sunday. Would we anticipate then that we'd have to sort of get France's participation in that tournament out of the way before this moves on any further? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I think any footballer, top level footballer, doesn't want the future kind of played out while they're in the midst of a major tournament duty. So um, France under-21s play Holland on, on Monday. It's the quarterfinals. And, and then I think Liverpool will pretty much be playing a waiting game from there. So, you know, if France do get knocked out on Monday, maybe talks will really accelerate next week. Um, it remains to be seen. But, yeah, I, I, I think that, I mean, from what I understand, Liverpool won't be looking to uh, to wrap up this deal whilst, the, uh, whilst France is still in the, the under-21s. Yeah, not too long to wait anyway. It's only the knockout stage is only a maximum of three games for France. But uh, I spoke to, to RB Leipzig reporter and former teammate of Jurgen Klopp, in fact, at Mainz, Guido Schaefer, a couple of months back, when the first reports started to come out about Ibrahima Kanate. This is what he had to say about the defender, having watched him for the past couple of seasons. 
It's a good price for the player. He's he's only 21 years old and he's as good as Dario Upamecano when he is fit. But Ibrahima has one problem, and this is the problem with the, with the injuries. Uh, he he had a serious injury one or a half year ago, and uh, afterwards he he never come in his in his uh, real shape. And now he's fit now, but he's not 100% fit, and he needs practice. Uh, but um, he's he's a very very tough player. He's tall, high. And, uh, and also fast and a good technique and a good view of the match. And I think he's a little bit um, Virgil van Dijk, a little bit. He's, he's fast, there's a good, good speed in, in his match and, uh, and, and there's no bad tackles. Also a tackle, okay, but no silly tackles. Very intelligent player, also technical, good player. And uh, I told you a, a good view of the, of the pitch, of the field and a good pass. He passes uh, good and I think... It's, it's a package, it's, it's a potential world-class package. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, a little bit of Virgil van Dijk. Those were Guido's words there, Gorsty. It's not bad praise. We've not seen him as much as Guido has, but from what we have seen of him, it, it sort of seems like he's got a lot of key traits that Liverpool look for. He's physical, he's fast, he's good on the ball. You can sort of start to see there why Liverpool might be interested. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think... For his age, his, uh, his stature, the profile of player, I think he's someone who, who ticks a, a lot of boxes for Liverpool. Unfortunately, he was in, well, probably fortunately for Liverpool, actually, he was injured for the uh, the two games in the Champions League, wasn't he? He picked up a, an injury in December. Um, quite worryingly, has to be shared, I don't think we can gloss over this. He only played, he only made eight starts last season, was it? 21 appearances in total, which might set a few alarm bells ringing after the, the season that Liverpool have had with centre-back injuries. Um, but... Uh, if Liverpool are confident of, of, of bringing him in for, for such a big fee, they will be adamant that um, this season of injuries is not one that's uh, the hint at a player who's injury prone. It might just be a little bit of a, a misfortune across a particular season. So uh, we wait and see what happens on that score. But um, yeah, I mean, from from as an actual player, he does seem to 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 have you know several key facets to his game, doesn't he? He seems quick and strong, good on the ball. Um, he's only was he 20, 22, um, so he's a player with plenty of room to develop and, and get better. And he also, you know, at the club he's at, Leipzig, who are Champions League semi-finalists. To, you know, we've, we've recorded last season. The season just finished last season before that, and they're a club very much on the up. They just finished runners up in the Bundesliga. So um, he does seem to be a player with uh, with massive potential and a big future, and that could be uh, at Anfield. You mentioned there the injuries, and it is obviously important to, to touch on those. He has missed a lot of games, but what we have sort of seen from him and, and people who've seen him, it's been sort of longer-term injuries. It's been bigger injuries rather than lots of little ones. I suppose what we have to say is that Liverpool will have done their research. They will have done their homework. They wouldn't be putting down this sort of money if they didn't think that there was no chance of this sort of injury sort of being put to one side moving forwards. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd kind of liken it to maybe Joe Gomez's misfortune with injuries rather than someone like Naby Keita who seems to pick up several minor knocks and, and misses five, six, seven games at a time with his Gomez. It's just really been so unfortunate with three, was it three or four long-term injuries? Um, that 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 can't happen to any player in, in the manner that he's picked them up, you know, a, a broken leg, a barely a, a knee injury in, in training a couple of times. So uh, maybe Liverpool do feel as though it, it's just an, an unfortunate season for, uh, for Canate rather than 
something a little bit more worrying that on hints at underlying injury problems for you know you know two or three four years. Liverpool, we believe, only after one central defender this summer. I think that's still the case, isn't it? I mean, is this good or bad news then, do you think, for the likes of Nat Phillips, for example? I suppose it's partly down to him, but Liverpool have got more than just Canate to decide this summer. Uh, I mean, I think I think Nat Phillips is probably always aware that the club are going to do something anyway in the transfer market with regards to the position that he plays. So, um Look, I, th- I think now the power's in, in his hands. I think the clock will be desperate to keep him if he if he wants to. Um, he, he'll certainly play in, in FA Cup and League Cup games next summer, next season rather. Um, and th- th- basically, if you want to stay, then then you're in. Um, the question is whether Phillips will look at it and think, I played 20 times for Liverpool this season. Um, I've got a career in the top flight elsewhere. Um, and I'm sure that there will be interested parties if that is the case. So um, I think... As far as Phillips is concerned, uh, the power is very much in his hands because I think he, I think he'll know that he's not going to be playing every week next season. Um, but it's whether he wants to stick around to play a bit of a, a bit part role because there's no doubt the club has been delighted with him this season and, and he'd like to keep him on board. And I suppose it's a, a similar sort of story for, for Ozan Kabak as well. We know he's got the 18 million clause that Liverpool could make that permanent, but... I suppose if they go for Canate, that would probably hint that that isn't going to be the case for, for Kabak. He might be sent back after his loan deal. Yeah, I, I was told a while ago that Liverpool were only looking to make one big defensive um, sign in this summer. So if that is Canate, and he's certainly the, the one who they've got in the sights now, then that means that Kabak is likely to, to go back to Schalke. The only the only way I see that perhaps changing is if Liverpool can really you know haggle Schalke's arm. We know that they've been relegated. We know that they've got financial problems. So, if Liverpool can get that 18 million down significantly, to you know, I, I couldn't even really guess a fee that Liverpool would, would be willing to pay. But um, if they can, then then maybe that is an a, you know a scenario that sees Kabak join as well. But uh, I, I think we might have seen the last of, of Ozan Kabak as a Liverpool player. Yeah, it's been a, a difficult sort of time to, to assess him, hasn't it? It's not been the easiest for him. He's not had Van Dijk and, and all of these other players alongside him, but certainly Canate, by all accounts, has a, a higher ceiling. Just before we finish, a final question on the kind of state of, of Liverpool's central defensive options going into next season. I mean, I think it was you yesterday on Blood Red, you described it as from famine to feast at the back for Liverpool. It's sort of no options to loads and loads of options and, and nothing in between for them. Yeah, I mean, if you think about if Kabak, sorry, Canate signs, uh, Liverpool are still hopeful of having uh, Gomez, Van Dijk, and uh, Matip back for pre-season. Then there's four, uh, and then you've got Nat Phillips, and then you've got Rhys Williams, who's shown that, that he can come in and, and do a job um, if needed. So um, yeah, it's you know, let's just hope that uh, Klopp has more options to choose from next season, and uh, if he does make. 20 different centre-back partnerships, it will be because he's got options available to him rather than the lack of them. Yeah, you'd certainly rather have too many than not enough. I think Liverpool have seen that plenty of times this season. But lots more to come then, I'm sure, over the next few days and into next week. We'll have all of the updates on Canate and all of the other players linked with Liverpool across the Liverpool Echo and Blood Red too. That'll be in all of the usual places, so keep checking out the website. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and you won't miss anything. Make sure you sign up to our twice-weekly Blood Red newsletter as well. The link for that is in the description below. For now, though, from myself, Matt Addison, and from our Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorse, that's all we've got time for. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.